0: The The Borough Borough Life Podcast. Podcast With James. And Rosie.
1: Hello, welcome back to the Borough Life Podcast. Rosie, it's me and thee again in our usual room in Wigan Town Hall. We're up to episode six. Who's with us today?
0: So, today we chat to Alanya, who is a registrar here at the council, which means that she does a lot of weddings. And then we chat to Lisa and Diane, who are two mums who sadly lost their sons to suicide, but they've set up a support group here in the borough for others who are affected.
1: Absolutely, Rosie. So uh, such an important subject there with your interview there with Lisa and Diane. It's really topical uh, this week in particular as we're recording, but those details will become apparent um, a little bit later on in the episode when you listen to that Rosie's interview. Um, so one thing before we get cracking with episode six, just a look back at episode five, uh, Andy from our Be Well service, who we chatted to about his charity bike Cyclothon. what i don't know what that probably was yeah that wasn't the official name <laughs> i just made that up on the spot but he, he rode from land's end to john o'groats for the brick he's completed that challenge so we're really proud of him please go back to episode five and listen if you've not heard that, that interview and we'll repost the sponsorship details so you can back andy uh, and the brick charity which does amazing work so rosie Shall we get on with it?
0: Let's go. So we're here today with Alanya. Could you introduce yourself, please? Yeah, uh, my name's Alanya
2: and I'm currently working in the registrar's department at Wigan Council and I've been there for about three years now.
1: So Alanya, we've invited you in today uh, to feature on the podcast because uh, the council's recently launched a flagship campaign uh, trying to tell people about all the the work that the local authority does within our communities. Um, It's called Making a Difference. Rosie, you've been heavily involved in it, and once again, I feel like I'm explaining it and taking all the credit for your for your work. Um, but the reason uh, we, we've um, wanted to hear from you is because you've had a really interesting way into uh, into the council. So maybe could you give us a little bit of detail about, about that, about how you joined us?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, so I started with the council um, fresh out of college in August 2019. Um, I didn't really know what direction I wanted to go in when I left college Um, and just about the right time a customer service apprenticeship came up with Wigan Council um, and I applied for it and I got my interview a couple of days after I came back from a holiday and it all just seemed to fit quite well the timings and everything Um, and after I attended my interview I thought straight away that I wanted to work here at the council. Um, So initially I was working in the Life Centre with the uh, welfare team and helping out on the front desks, helping customers with council tax queries, recycling queries, blue badge applications, a whole list of things really. Um, And then when Covid hit um, in early 2020, I was redeployed into the libraries initially and helping to clear out all of the libraries whilst the pandemic was happening.
1: The libraries came a bit of a commute, well, the community hubs anyway, but they, mm. they became kind of part, a big part of our emergency response, didn't mm. they Jordan? So yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. Um, I mean, now they're so highly valued by the residents. It's a place where people come, you know, it's a warm space for people to use. It's a place where they can socialize, where they get to meet people and have a conversation where if they're living at home, they don't get that unfortunately. So that was where I was, at the start of the pandemic and then around the June of 2020 I was redeployed into the registrar's team in the Life Centre. So I was put into the main office to deal with all of the wedding inquiries, to rearrange all of the ceremonies for customers, to deal with copy certificate requests and then from there I just sort of picked things up as I went really. Um, First of all I started to learn birth registrations with the team and got to meet lots of newborn babies once we reopened the doors after the pandemic and that was lovely and then I was put on um, notice of marriage appointments for couples who were coming back finally to us getting ready to say the vows once again and to do it all with us and then after that I was actually trained on how to marry people and how to you know do the ceremony myself so I did that towards the end of 2020 and I even had like a bride throw bouquets to me I've had people invite me to the wedding dudes afterwards so it's a really special part of the job
1: doing that so i'm glad you came on to this because i think our ulterior motive for, for wanting to torture is because as rosie kind of harbors desire to become a, a wedding celebrant <laughs> perhaps i should pass over to you rosie and you can quiz alanya on, on that that side of the role
0: yeah so i mean it is a personal dream of mine <laughs> <laughs> i can't lie um but yeah so what is your favorite part of doing those jobs I can kind of imagine it's like whether it's birth death or mm. marriages really yeah. it, it feels like an honor to be part yeah. of someone's special moment is that yeah. something you can
2: kind of relate to yeah and every moments very unique like no two wedding ceremonies are ever the same of a couple Um we have planners that couples submit the request to us on so they can put in their own vows any suggested readings that they have any sort of quirks that they have for the ceremony We've had people say like Star Wars vows to each other <laughs> before in the in the ceremonies, and I love being able to use them to tailor it to them and make it you know a unique experience for them. And they've always said afterwards how it's such a unique ceremony for them, and it makes a lasting impression on them. So that's probably one of my favourite things yeah. that I was making those unique little tiny changes to make it the perfect day for them.
0: And there's lots of um, different venues, aren't there, across oh the borough? God, so. Yeah. Do you have a favourite one to perform ceremonies in? Oh yeah,
2: my favourite would have to be um, probably Maines Park Lodge, a really beautiful setting right in the centre of Wigan. It's got big floor-to-ceiling glass windows, so you've got a lovely view out across the park in summer, it's amazing. Um, And then second to that would probably be Lee Town Hall, it's a really wonderful venue. We've got two rooms there, the smaller one, which is the Mers Parlour, is a brilliant room to do ceremonies in. Really intimate, but with the grand staircase afterwards, it always looks fabulous when couples are taking the
1: photos. Yeah. I've got so many questions here. Right, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to list them. I want, don't let, I want to come back to the Star Wars wedding for one. But I was just gonna say, you just reminded me of two um, examples. Actually, those two venues. So I remember working on our Frost Festival. So I think it, that would have been back in like 2019. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a there was a wedding going on on the day at the lodge, and then they. The the couple came out and then ju- kind of like had all the pictures taken mm-hmm. with all the the festival stuff. Mm-hmm. That was good, but then that made me think of the couple that we had who got married during the Euros um, oh, yes. fan zone yeah. um, <laughs> last year at Lee, and that was brilliant because they came out mm-hmm. and there was like thousands of people out mm-hmm. there and all cheering, <laughs> all cheering them. Yeah, yeah, that was fantastic. So my serious question, well, following off what you said, Rosie, you know these are like um, landmark moments, aren't they, in, in mm-hmm. people's lives? So even though. It, it sounds like a lot of fun but the, the most, do you feel like a bit, a bit of pressure you know to, to, oh, yeah. to get it right?
2: And especially when I first started out um, standing there at the front of a room with loads of people in front of you it is a bit of pressure um, but I always remember what my old managers used to say to me was that they don't know what we're doing they know that you know on the day are more worried about themselves yeah and that always made me feel relaxed and I thought They're focusing on themselves, and they're focusing on each other and the promises that they're making to each other today. And all the little enhancements that I get to make to them is just an added bonus for them. Mm -hmm. It's all about the love and celebrating them that day. Yeah. Um, But... Luckily, we've got very good scripts that guide you through from start oh. to finish, so there's not really much room for error. <laughs>
1: That's a nice answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> the Star Wars one, without going well, into too much detail, yeah. what, so was it just some of the vows were?
2: It was the funniest part of It was the date they got married. Mm-hmm. So, from Star Wars, it's you know May the Fourth be yeah. with you. Yeah. So they got married on May the Fourth. Yeah. This year, I love the commitment. Yeah. <laughs> and. Um, they had um, a bouquet which had lightsabers in it. <laughs> <laughs> they Brilliant. said a few Star Wars quotes that I can't remember now, um, but they, they were dead great, and they were dressed similarly to how the Star Wars characters do, and it was a Life Centre wedding as well, so it yeah, was only yeah. small and intimate, but it was really good to see. Yeah. have had a few different themes. I know um, there was a wedding with a difference last year, so that's when they do um, a simple legal ceremony at the Life Centre. But then they do a big celebration ceremony at any venue of their choice. So there was one who did it in the back garden um, in Wigan and they did a Peaky Blinders theme. (laughs) So they dressed the whole place up, like 1950s Birmingham, everyone was there with Peaky caps on. Um, I think they even gave the celebrant one to wear while she was performing the ceremony. And so the couples really get into it, into making these unique little changes to the day and making it special for them.
1: Nice. So Rosie, just throwing it back then to the uh, making a difference campaign. You've been heavily involved in the, in, in the makeup of it. Um, what what are the other, like kind of key points from it that, that we're trying to get across to, to residents, and that they might have seen some of it across the borough, about in the last few months.
0: Yeah. So I think it's really just the breadth of council services. I think local authorities. Um, are there from sort of birth to death, literally, Mm -hmm. aren't they? Mm -hmm. The campaign just seeks to highlight some of those things and and kind of show that we're more than just bins and potholes. So one of the final things I just wanted to ask Mm -hmm. before we let you go, I believe you do British citizenship ceremonies. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a bit more about what that means um, Mm -hmm. and kind of what happens in the ceremony?
2: Yeah, of course. So we do um, a monthly citizenship ceremony here at the Town Hall in the Atrium in the last week of the month. Um, to me, the citizenship side is my favorite type, uh, part of the job. We have anywhere up to a couple of dozen citizens that attend at a time, and they come from all over the world, from Ukraine, Africa, Eastern Asia, USA, we have them from all continents. Some of them come from really difficult circumstances, you know, fleeing war, fleeing violence, and when they settle here initially, the lives are quite turbulent. They don't have, you know, a home, they don't have food, they don't have clothing they come with nothing and um, so when they're on this citizenship process it's a lengthy process they have to live here for at least five years to even apply it's an expensive process especially if you're doing it as a family um, and when they finally get that um, message through that it's been approved the joy and the relief that they have is just it's in is immeasurable really and then to celebrate it on the day when they come to receive receive the certificate it's brilliant and there's nothing quite like it so when they come we have the mayor who attends we have um, a representative from the deputy lieutenant's office who come to greet the citizens and to congratulate them as well Um, and we arrange for photographs with the mayor and the deputy lieutenant for the citizens and as they present the certificates to them and I actually remember we did a citizenship I think last year um, of a, a man who was having his citizenship and he took a picture with Uh, the registrars and the mayor and the deputy lieutenant and he said afterwards I'm going to print this off and put it on my fireplace and his wife chimed in and said oh I had my photograph with you um, last year when I did my citizenship, so we'll put it next to mine as well. And I thought that's lovely, you know, we've made a difference to a family's life there.
0: Yeah, I've been to a couple of the ceremonies and it's just really nice mm. to, to see how happy everyone yeah. is and to welcome them into the borough. Mm-hmm.
1: I was gonna say, yeah, I, I've, I've been uh, to a few of my time and yeah, they're, they're lovely, aren't yeah, they? It's just yeah. such a nice um, atmosphere. And actually where we're recording today, we're like a few meters away from the atrium, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, where <laughs> they take place, so uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really lovely thing. Alanya, thanks very much for, for coming in. Ah, oh, do you know what? I've got a final question before we go on. To, I always think of another question just before we go into the quickfire round. <laughs> I, I think it's really interesting when um, you said that, you know, you didn't really, when you came out of college, you said like, you weren't sure what you wanted mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a little bit of a plug in here for kind of councils and going into like working for local authorities. Mm-hmm. I think residents might have a, a narrow view almost of, of what uh, services oh. councils provide across the country. And therefore, from an employment perspective as well, um, do you have any advice for somebody who is in in the same position, maybe coming out of college or, you know, is thinking of their career prospects?
2: My advice for anyone who is either leaving college or is looking for a career change is to just look at as many opportunities as you can find here, not just at Wigan Council but any local government because the... I can use the career path that it can take you down are endless and everyone here, especially at Wigan Council, is so supportive and so inclusive and it really is like having
0: a family.
1: What a good answer that was. I've got (laughs) nothing to add to that apart from, right, let's do the uh, quick fire round. Um, Rosie, do you want to start off?
0: Uh, Tea or coffee? Tea.
1: Cats or dogs?
0: Dogs. Pop or rock? Pop.
1: Facebook or Twitter?
0: Facebook. Sweet or salty? Salty.
1: Night owl or early bird?
0: early bird box set or film Uh, box set
1: horror or comedy
0: horror winter or summer summer
1: big party or dinner party
0: dinner party thank you Alanya (laughs) thank you (laughs) so a big thank you to Alanya we found that interview really fascinating to do and we loved the idea of a Star Wars wedding
1: Yeah, it's definitely got the conversation flowing in our office, hasn't it, Rosie, about the the different types of theme weddings that you could have. Okay, so up next, it's Rosie's interview with Lisa and Diane from Sobs, As we said at the top of the show, really important subject and it's topical at the moment uh, at the time of recording. So that's coming up after the ad break.
2: Wiganborough has so many independent businesses right on your doorstep waiting for you to explore. These local gems offer the very best in food and drink fashion
0: gifts and much more celebrate local love local visit wigan.gov.uk forward slash support local
3: having a
1: clear out don't forget to check your old gadgets for batteries before you recycle them batteries have caused hundreds of fires in bin lorries and at recycling centers across the country because they've been left in discarded electricals to find out more visit www.wigan uk forward slash recycling
0: So hi everyone, welcome back to the second part of the episode. I'm here now with Lisa and Diane, who have a really impo- important topic to discuss. Um, so would you like to introduce yourself, please?
3: Ah yeah, I'm Diane, um, and I'm here on behalf of the Wigan Group of Survivors of Bereavement by Suicide. Um, I lost my son. Uh, Bradley in 2019 um, he was only 19 years old when I lost him um, at that time I was very lost um, looking for support and um, I did attend the l- most local group which was the Bolton group
4: and I'm Lisa um, I too have been impacted by suicide um, I lost my son David in 2016 Um, And like Diane, the the nearest group to us, when we were both bereaved, was the Bolton group. And we noticed that there was an obvious gap in the Wigan provision. So when we'd experienced what the Bolton group was like, we wanted to give something back to survivors of bereavement by suicide or SOBS um, and, and do a group in Wigan.
0: And so when was that group set up?
4: So we'd just celebrated our first anniversary um, so we set up in June last year.
0: So if someone wants to come along to one of those uh, meetings, if they've been impacted by suicide, what what does that group kind of look like? What what could they expect when they arrive?
3: Um, well it's a very informal group, it is, it is a peer-to-peer support group so everybody who comes to that group has been impacted by suicide, it could have lost a family member or a friend. Um, we we do just sit in a circle. It's very very informal, friendly. Uh, people get to know each other, and it's just a, a safe, confidential environment where people can express the feelings and emotions, talk about what they're going through, and it's it's to give people hope as well, alongside the grief as well. As it will it, it will sometimes ease, but it will there will always be grief there.
0: Yeah. Yeah we
4: try to keep it as informal as possible and you know we, we, we have tea and coffee available for people and soft drinks and things so that we make it as friendly and as, and as open as we can but importantly it's confidential so what's said
0: in the group stays in the group. What kind of impact do you hope that has on individuals who've been affected by suicide?
4: Well, When you're bereaved by suicide you enter this kind of abyss of grief that's really difficult to navigate. And when we were both bereaved, there was very little support out there for people. So coming to the group gives people the, the space and the support um, to say how they feel and get advice and talk to other people who really and truly understand what it's like to be bereaved by suicide. So the impact that it has is that it's we're able to support people across Wigan who've been bereaved in whatever way they've been bereaved, whether that's a family member, a friend, um, a colleague, an acquaintance. It doesn't matter because suicide impacts massively. Um, it's like a pebble effect and it impacts everybody in the, in the family, the friendship group, the community around you.
3: And they also could have been on like um, a very like, hard journey with someone. They could have been supporting them in the mental health they could have been supporting them in substance abuse before, and So the processing all that, what they've been before. They've actually lost someone as well. You know, they may want to talk about that. They have inquests coming up as well. So um, we offer a lot of like, just advise what people have gone through as well. Uh, people talk about their own experience just to give them a better insight as well into what like, you know, because an inquest can be looming over them as well and it's something they have to face. Um, So we just give them some more information regarding that as well.
0: It sounds like such an important sort of service and group that you're providing. And and I think in the context of, you know, there's so many issues affecting people, whether it's the cost of living crisis and other things. Mm. So I think well done for what you're doing. Um, It sounds yeah, like a lifeline. Mm. The reason we've asked you on today is obviously, the Baton of Hope relay, which I think some of your colleagues in SOBS are taking part in. Mm. So can you tell us a bit more about that?
4: It's an event that is the first time it's ever been done, and it's an event that is a a big suicide awareness, suicide prevention um, event. Um, And there's a baton, which is the Baton of Hope, that's physically going to be carried across all the four nations of the United Kingdom. Um, it's going to be carried by all sorts of people um, who've been impacted by suicide, so people who've been bereaved by suicide, um, maybe even people who've attempted to take their own life as well. But everybody who carries the baton has probably got a story of their own to tell. But as it passes through the different towns and cities that it's going to across the UK, um, it's hoping to raise awareness and hoping to... Um, start the conversations about suicide because unfortunately suicide is really stigmatising or stigmatised. Um, it's very difficult to talk about, very difficult to ask people those questions um, and the baton of hope is there to exactly give people just that hope
3: and be able to open those conversations and talk about a very difficult topic. I think like I say it's just, it's just about raising awareness as well and maybe not people may not be frightened then of approaching someone as well, if they think that, you know, they might have been having suicidal thoughts as well. So it's just bringing all them conversations, all them topics, and making people more aware. Yeah,
0: and I think, is there... For example, if someone has been affected by suicide um, in your life, is there any advice you'd give, you know, for people who've been impacted by suicide bereavement? Is there anything that makes that process easier?
4: I would say to, to those people, reach out for support. There is support available um, through the SOBS group um, and there's lots of SOBS groups across the country um, and also on the SOBS website as well, there's, a, there's lots of information for people. But reach out for support, whether that's from, from a group like ours or whether that's from a friend or a colleague or a family member, but reach out for support and talk to people finding people who've been bereaved by suicide can be really comforting because you kind of validate your feelings that what you're feeling is normal. It's normal to feel the devastation and the grief that you feel.
0: If there is someone who's struggling with suicidal thoughts, is there any sort of advice you can give? Um, or maybe it's you re- you've noticed a change in someone, is there something that you can advise family members and friends to look out for, any signs?
4: I suppose the biggest thing would be to, if you think that somebody may be suicidal um, because maybe their behaviour's changed or maybe they're, uh, they, maybe they're expressing thoughts of hopelessness or um, any suspicion that you have, um, ask the question um, and use the word are you thinking of suicide or are you thinking of taking your own life? So ask the question, the question's
3: really important and it can save somebody's life. And just try to be open and seeking advice because with the group as well, I think it's very reassuring for people to come into the group and hear people expressing their emotions because they do say, I'm glad I've come like because that's how I'm feeling. When we talk to people on the phone as well, they say like, oh yeah, that is just how I am. You know, I've, thought, I've had them thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's a range of emotions. You know, you can have anger with, with them for, for leaving you. You can have a sense of relief as well if you have been on a difficult journey. You know, you, you do feel guilty because you might not have been able to help them as much as you wanted to or because you didn't know. So there's lots of different as well as your grief. It, it is a different kind of grief. It is heard, you know, and it's a very up and down. You don't ever get over a death like this, but if you do reach out, we can can help and you get that hope as you can learn to live alongside that grief. Mm-hmm. And that's what the, the group is all about, learning to live alongside that grief.
0: Just listening to what you're saying, it's everyone's experiences are valid and everyone's emotions are valid, mm-hmm. even if they might be different.
4: Mm-hmm. That's right. There's yes. a whole range of emotions that people feel and any emotion that you're feeling is normal for you. Um, It's normal for this type of grief because you can experience anything, like Diane said, from rage, from anger, um, to complete devastation, sadness, everything, and everything else in between as well.
3: And then later on as well, you might only find out things, what's happened to someone after they've died, so it's processing all that as well. And you do kind of like feel hopeless yourself. You've not known about things, what's going on in the life, because, you know, you tried to support them, be there for them. But if you've not known about things, it's it's a hard thing to process as well.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on to speak about your experiences. And if there is anyone listening to this, uh, we'll obviously put the links in the, the description of the podcast. We'll also share a lot of resources um, from the Baton of Hope um, and where that's travelled to. Uh, with Lee residents Janet and Noel who are carrying that for for us all so yeah
3: thank you very much thank you okay thank you
1: so thanks so much to Lisa and Diane there from Sobs Uh, Rosie well done on that interview Uh, such an important topic uh, and I thought you did a great job
0: thanks yeah I think speaking to Lisa and Diane it's just I found it really moving personally and I think it's really we, we all have mental health don't we and it's just about keeping that conversation open and checking on each other
1: and there's so many fantastic organizations across the borough um, and, and nationwide that you know provide that kind of support. So we'll put some links in the information with this episode. Um, but yeah, that's that's us nearly there for episode six. So the big news is we're gonna be retiring the quick fire round. For the next episode. What a good way to end, I thought, was we might as well do our own, just in case anyone is really interested in whether I prefer tea or coffee or not. So we'll do that then, Rosie. I'll go first. Um, well, I've just said it, haven't I? Tea or coffee? Iced coffee. Iced Oh, yeah, you're trying to get me into iced coffee, aren't you? Um, mm. it's, it's definitely tea for me, and only the version that comes from across the Pennines from us. But other teas are available. Cats or dogs? Rabbits. Uh, yeah. Rabbits for you, um, cats for me. Pop or rock? Rock for me, easy.
0: I feel like in recent years, pop.
1: Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. Sweet or salty? Salty. Yeah, salty for me as well. Night owl or early bird? Night owl. I think I'm early bird.
0: Box or film?
1: It's oh, a tough one, that, isn't it?
0: Yeah.
1: I'd say boxer.
0: I think I'm a boxer as well. Horror or comedy? Comedy. Comedy. Uh, winter or summer? Summer. Autumn for me. I'm just answering with answers. Yeah, that's been difficult. I'll go with winter. (laughs) Big party or dinner party?
1: I'd go dinner party.
0: Dinner party. That's a good sign that we got at least a few that were the same there.
1: So that's us for episode six, Rosie. We'll be back next month with a new version of the Quickfire Questions and a new set of guests. In the meantime, we'll be updating Borough Life Plus. Rose, if anybody, as ever, wants to go back and see the Borough Life Plus content or any of the previous versions of Borough Life or go back to our back catalogue of podcasts, where can they find it?
0: Just head to wigan.gov.uk forward slash Life.
1: Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you in July.
0: See you next time.